Well, I'm excited for this morning. I'm excited for uh, this service today. How's everybody doing so far? Wasn't that a great time of worship? Why don't we just say thanks to God for just a great time of worship? Uh, We're studying the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. We're looking for seeds of faith and uh, moments in this book that can expand our faith and increase our faith in the God that we serve. And we're, we're looking for ways that we can put into practice some of the lessons that are in this book. We've learned that faith is about trusting God's word to us, the word that says, be strong and courageous because the Lord your God is with you. We know that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength, and God is strengthening us as we call on him. We've learned that we can face all the obstacles in our path, and sometimes we need to trust, and we need to take a step of faith and cross the rivers that God has put into our path, because sometimes, uh, and then as well, we've learned the value of keeping a pure heart before God, because sometimes when God gives us success, along with success and victory come temptation and sin is trying to bring us down and destroy us and take from us the blessings of God. This week our lesson is about courageous prayers. John, uh, Joshua has been on a journey. He becomes the leader of the nation of Israel and there's two things that God is trying to do through the work that Joshua is doing. First of all, God is keeping his promise to Abraham And through Joshua, God is leading the people of Israel into the promised land. It was a land that God had promised to Abraham almost 400 years before in Genesis chapter 15. God said to Abraham, I will give you this land. But then he said, I won't give it to you yet because the sin of the people in the land has not yet reached its full measure. So God promised the land to Israel, that's why they called it the promised land, but God's also going to use Joshua to bring judgment to the people who are currently living in the land. So Joshua and the people of Israel are supposed to go into the land and purge the land of these people because they continued to do evil in God's eyes and they refused to repent from the evil they were doing. Now this is the only time where God actually commands his people to do warfare is towards this particular group of people. The call to warfare is only against this particular group of people who are living in the land. So we shouldn't see this as a blanket permission for warfare. It was a specific call to a specific problem. God doesn't call Israel to fight against anyone else. And then, of course, later on as Christians, Jesus calls us as his followers not to physical warfare, but to peace and to spiritual warfare. He calls us to love our enemies. He calls us to pray for those who oppose us. Jesus calls Christians to spiritual warfare, not to physical warfare. But Joshua is called to war That is his calling. And so in the stories in Joshua, we see lots of different battles because God has called Joshua into this calling. Joshua wins the battle of Jericho. Then Joshua loses the battle of Ai. We talked about that last week. Now he's at war with five different kings who have five different armies. Five kings in the region have banded together and they're trying to take Joshua out. It's five on one, five kingdoms 
against one kingdom. Joshua is outnumbered. These five kings have ganged up on him, and in the midst of the battle, the odds are stacked against Joshua. The forces arrayed against him are huge. These five kings have well-trained armies, and Joshua is outnumbered. It's a moment where courage is needed. It's a moment where faith is needed. What is Joshua going to do? Have you ever felt like the odds were stacked against you? Um, As a parent, ever felt like you just can't win? With your finances, ever felt like just when you were gaining ground, now electricity prices have gone up and interest rates have gone up and inflation has gone up and with your health, you just get over one crisis and then you're on to another. With your extended family, one of your family members just gets through a crisis and then another one now is going through something different and, and you're just moving from crisis to crisis. Have you ever felt like the odds were stacked against you? Well, I'm sure Joshua felt that way on this particular day on the battlefield facing five kings and five armies outnumbered. And in this moment, Joshua prays a courageous prayer. Some would even call it an audacious prayer. Some would even call it a ludicrous prayer. Look at what Joshua prayed. It says this, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is it not even recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and did not set as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Sun, stand still. Who thinks of that as a prayer to pray to God? What a courageous prayer. We could even say it's an audacious prayer for a person to make to God in the middle of a battle. In fact, I don't think that this request was just courageous or audacious. I think this request was impossible. I don't know if any of us would have thought to pray something like this, but you have to understand, by this point, Joshua has already seen God do some pretty impossible things. Joshua was there when the 12 plagues hit Egypt. Joshua was there for the first Passover when the angel passed over the houses that had blood on their doorposts. Joshua was there in Exodus 14 where God splits the Red Sea. Joshua was there in Exodus chapter 19 when God's presence comes down from the mountain and calls Israel to go up to the mountain. And then they're crossing the River Jordan and God parts the seas there, parts the waters there. And then they're surrounding Jericho and they all shout and they blow their trumpets and the walls come crashing down. And so for Joshua, he has been experiencing God at an impossible level for most of his life. He's grown used to God doing impossible things. So he just decides to go, you know, I don't know how to ask for anything but the impossible. When you see God do all of these impossible things, it changes your prayer life. In fact, When I want to ramp up my prayer life, sometimes I'll sit down and just remind myself of all of the things that God has done and all of the prayers that God has answered in the past over the course of my life and and just say, you know, things that seemed impossible in that moment. And when I remind myself, hey, I've seen God do some pretty amazing things. 
in my life. I'm, I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to pray a courageous prayer. And I'm going to trust that God will answer in his way, in his time. So I totally get why God, Joshua would ask God to have the sun stand still. And I totally get why God would do it. Because I believe that God honors courageous prayers, not because God is like Amazon Prime, where we just go to him and order what we want, and it's delivered in 24 hours. <laughs> no, God answers courageous prayers because courageous prayers honor God. Think about it. The size of our requests should match the size of our God. Sometimes when we're praying, we're going, all right, we're going to pray to God, but how big is God in your thinking. The way you pray should mirror the size of your God. If we're all honest, wouldn't we say that most of us pray prayers that are possible? I mean, think about it. What are the top things that you pray for? Traveling mercies, the needs of your family, wisdom and guidance in crisis. Pray for safety. We pray for peace. We pray mostly for our food. Uh, although many of you actually probably just pray for... Uh, the main meal, we don't really pray for our appetizers, right? You know, so we kind of just, you know, not sure how that, those are covered. But, but those are not bad prayers. Uh, in fact, I think we should definitely pray those kind of prayers. Those are great daily prayers. But when was the last time you prayed to God for something that actually stretched your faith, that would help you grow? When was the last time you actually prayed something where you said, there is no way that this could ever happen unless God shows up, unless God intervenes, unless God does something. Think about your prayers. Think about the things that you pray for. Are you praying courageous prayers? Are there, are, are there any things on your prayer list that are God-sized prayers when you say, I don't even know why I'm praying this right now. It is so impossible, but I am just calling out to God and asking if you could do the impossible in this situation. Now, here's what I know about you and what I know about me is we're often apprehensive about praying courageous prayers because we're afraid of disappointment. We're afraid that God will not come through. Some of you might be thinking, well, I've prayed some courageous prayers and nothing has happened. Some of us are afraid to be rejected. Some of us are afraid to be told no, and we've decided, well, we're just going to throw God some softballs, and we're just going to play it safe and pray it safe. Lord, bless the food. Lord, you know, give me a good day. And, and we're praying lots of possible prayers, but when you think about it, you could even be praying safe prayers, praying easy prayers, and still have something go wrong. I mean, you could pray for your food, and you could have a meal and have food poisoning, and what's up with that? You know, sometimes it happens. So why not pray some courageous prayers? Why not say, okay, God, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna pray some, some God-sized prayers because I need some God-sized miracles in my life. One of the reasons that we hesitate is because we've been disappointed in the past with God's answer or with God's apparent lack of answer. I heard a story on a podcast last week that this guy was talking about disappointment with God in prayer, and he said, you know, I have a friend who would always post on social media pictures of this tree, and she was going to this tree to pray, and she'd post different pictures from different angles on Facebook and Instagram, 
but she would never tell us what she was praying about. And we were just like, you know, what's going on with this tree? She's like, I can't tell you. Can't tell you what I'm praying about, but I'm going there to pray. It's something between me and God. So fast forward a couple of years and she stopped posting from this tree. And so they asked her one day, what, what's up with the tree? And, and, and we haven't seen any posts coming from this tree. Are you doing okay? She said, you know, I stopped going to the tree because the tree represented a place of disappointment where God told me no. So it's hard for me to go back to that, plot, to that spot, to that place. And I wonder if God is maybe inviting us this morning to come back to the tree. I wonder if God is inviting us back to the place of our disappointment. I think God wants to hear from us again. Don't we all have a tree? Don't we all have a place that we're reluctant to go back to? Aren't we all a little bit afraid to pray for healing? Sometimes thinking that, what if God doesn't heal them? What if God doesn't heal me? We can be afraid to do that. It's kind of like if you've ever seen a guy doing an elaborate proposal at a football game or a hockey game or something like that, and they get you know the, the stadium uh, a crew, uh, they let them know ahead of time, and so they pan the camera in and hone the camera in on them, and they kneel down, and they present their engagement ring, and she says yes, but sometimes... Every once in a while, she says no, right? And, uh, and, and you can imagine how embarrassing that is. You know, uh, one time I saw a video of a guy, he's playing guitar in a mall, and, uh, and, and he's, he's, he's playing this song that he's written, and it's about to propose. She grabs the guitar, she hits him with it, you know, um, and, and she's like, what are you doing, Right? And, and obviously, he didn't do his homework, didn't, you know, kind of check ahead, you know, and, and drop some hints about this. But can you imagine if you went to that guy and you said, why don't you ask again, <laughs> right? Like, he's not going to ask again. He just got turned down. He just got, you know, beat with his guitar. And, and there's no way he's going to ask again. Uh, it can be very difficult to those of us who follow Jesus to go back to God and say, God, I, I have this impossible thing, and you said no, or I have this impossible thing, and it hasn't been answered. And God, I've I, been disappointed with that, but God, I just, I just want to come, and I want to begin to pray again and ask you that you would do this impossible thing. I'm asking for your help. I'm asking for you to come through. And this is what Jesus says. He says, keep on asking until you receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. And I'm not going to lie, this text is the very opposite of some of our personalities. If you ask for, like if I ask you for $20 and you say no to me, you know, for like most of us in the room would just be like, okay, I'm not going to come and ask you for $20 again, right? Like you, I asked, you said no, I get the hint, you don't have the money, you don't want to give me the money, the answer is no. So I'm not going to go back and ask you again for $20, and there's some health in that kind of thinking, right? Because uh, once again, it, it's, it's, you know, the answer is no, you asked, that's good. But what does that do in our prayer life? What does that do for our faith? Jesus says, keep on asking. Jesus is encouraging us here to pray courageous 
prayers. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. There's one story where Jesus tells, it's about a persistent neighbor and they've received guests for the night. They don't have enough food to feed their guests. There's not gonna be a Sobeys for about 2,000 years or so. So they go to their neighbor's house and they ask for some bread and they ask for some food to feed their guests. And in the story, the neighbor represents God and the neighbor ignores their request. The neighbor is up pretending to sleep and they're banging on the door and he's up pretending to sleep and they're banging and persistently calling out and saying, we need your help, we need some food, we need to feed our guests. And the neighbor is refusing to answer but the person doing the knocking is persistent and consistent in making their request. And finally, the neighbor gets up and opens the door and gives them some food. And Jesus said, sometimes prayer is like that. Sometimes we need to pray courageous prayers and just keep on asking and keep on seeking and keep on knocking. Jesus wants us to ask with boldness. I mean, this is a consistent and persistent and steady kind of praying that we're talking about here where we're saying, hey God, I know you're up there. Hey God, are you listening? Hey God, I need some help here. I need to know that you care. I need to know that you hear me. God, you're the only one who can help me. And, and there's a boldness in that kind of praying. There's a steady, almost annoying kind of persistence in that kind of praying, God, I'm not going to stop knocking until you answer me. I remember one season in my life, I had several of these kind of prayers that I was praying, and these were courageous prayers. These were impossible prayers. One of my prayers was regarding finances. We were in one ministry situation where I believed that I was treated unfairly in a way that cost my family quite a bit of money financially. And I said, I'm not gonna ask, I said, I'm gonna ask God to recoup that money. So I sat down and I actually worked out the amount <laughs> that we had lost. Kind of depressing. But I started to pray steadily and consistently over and over again, asking God to recoup the financial losses that we had suffered in this ministry. Another time, it was a health situation that my son went through. One morning, Michael came to me and he couldn't breathe, his back hurt, his neck hurt, and we didn't know what was going on. It turned out that he had several blood clots in his lungs, not just one, but many small clots. It was a miracle that they found that out. He could have lost lung capacity. He could have had a clot go to his brain. It was a scary time. And the treatment and the medications that they gave him took their toll on our son physically over the next two or so years one of the meds he was on caused him to retain water. We could see him, you know, he's 17, 18, 19 years old, and, and he's going through all this stuff, and we could see him slide into depression, and we could see him losing hope, and I was on my knees many, many, many nights, praying, asking, seeking, knocking, and for two years, this persisted. Both of those situations, I prayed for years for the answer. Bold prayers, faith-filled prayers, not wimpy prayers, but God, I need you to do this. They were sun stand still kind of prayers. And both times, before the answer came, I sensed a peace in my spirit where the Lord said, you can stop praying now. I've heard you, and I'm gonna answer your prayer. 
And so I started thanking God. Started thanking God that he was gonna answer. Thanking God that he had heard my prayer. And both prayers have been answered over time. God has responded to our financial need. God has responded to my son's health need. Jesus wants us to ask with boldness. And Jesus wants us to connect with the Father. I've thought a lot about this verse that talks about asking and seeking and knocking. You know, what does that mean? I've thought about this quite a lot. Because I'm thinking, Lord, help me to understand, why do you want us to keep on asking? Why do you want us to keep on seeking? Why do you want us to keep on knocking? And it was a while ago that I felt the Lord give me a brand new perspective on this verse. And this is what I learned, is that this is not really about us getting what we want. This is about us connecting with the giver of all things. This is about connection. I read a stat this week, the stat is this, that children ask 125 questions a day on average, whereas adults ask six questions a day on average. So somewhere between childhood and adulthood, we lost 119 questions. And some of you parents are thinking, 125 questions, that's low. You know, that feels, <laughs> that feels low uh, some days. I'm, I'm, and both of my kids were question askers when they were somewhere between two and five. And they would ask me 125 questions. They would go ask their mom the same 125 questions and they would you know, look for different answers, right? Um, on those questions. And, and my kids could be very persistent. So you know, if they didn't get the answer they liked from me, they would go and get the answer from their mom. And my kids loved toys they, they, when they were little. They, they, of course, all kids do. And if you were to ask my kids, hey, would you like a toy? They'd be like, yes, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to have a toy every day of the week. But did they really, what did they really want? They, they wanted daddy to get on the floor and play with them with this new toy. That's really what they wanted. It wasn't about the toys. It was about the connection. They wanted connection more than they really wanted stuff. They wanted daddy to tell them stories before bedtime. They wanted daddy to spin them around in circles. They wanted daddy to play Lego with them. That's what they really wanted. And that's what we really want with God and what God really wants with us. God wants more connection with us more than he wants to give us answers to our questions. This is what I want you to know. God wants us to keep asking so that we can keep connecting. So yes, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking about that dream that you have. Keep talking to God about that goal that you have because God wants to connect with you on that dream, on that goal, on that request. God wants to go on a journey with you, something bad can happen to us when we always get what we want. It's not always great for us. And Jesus, he speaks to that when he was doing a bunch of miracles. And he says in, in, in Jerusalem, they're like, hey, do this miracle, do this miracle, do this miracle. And, 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 and Jesus was like, you know, it, it says he did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and he needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in the heart of man. What did Jesus know was inside of us? Jesus knew that inside of us was the propensity to worship miracles rather than to worship the giver of miracles. 
So many people, as they're following Jesus along the way, they get so caught up in what Jesus can do for them. They get caught up into the, the food that Jesus is providing for them. They get caught up into the healing that Jesus is providing and the miracles that Jesus is doing. But ultimately, Jesus knew that following a miracle uh, was not going to be the way to go. We're not miracle seekers. We're the people of God. If you follow Jesus long enough, you'll find yourself in the midst of some miracles and you'll find yourself in the midst of some answers to some courageous prayers. But we can't just people, be people who are just going, God, do for me what I want you to do for me. God wants to connect with you. Ultimately, that's been that way since the beginning. We were created to connect with God. So when we make requests, we make requests because we already have a connection with God. Joshua prays this courageous prayer out of a deep connection with God. When Joshua said, son, stand still. Man, that sounds like a crazy prayer, but it comes from a man who has spent so much time on his face before God. Take a look at this story from Exodus 33. Moses would meet with God face to face in the tent of meeting, so God's presence would come down. Moses would go into the tent, and God would meet with Moses. This is when Joshua was a young man. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Now, this gives us a context for Joshua's courageous prayer. Joshua prays, son, stand still, and it's not a prayer coming from somebody who is devoid of God's spirit. This is a prayer coming from somebody who has met with God over and over and over again. In fact, Joshua had such a hunger for God's presence that he lingered behind after Moses was gone and done meeting with God just to be with God, just to be in God's presence, just to soak up God's presence. Joshua, Joshua prays this courageous prayer because of God's promise to him. Just before the battle starts, God comes to Joshua and God says this, don't be afraid of them. For I've given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Okay, that gives us a little bit of context for Joshua's courageous prayer. Joshua is praying a courageous prayer because God has already promised that he's gonna be with him and that he would have the victory. Joshua prays this courageous prayer because God is already fighting by his side. Take a look at what happens before Joshua prays this courageous prayer. It says, as the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. Are you kidding me? This is like a one-sided game of dodgeball. And God has got large hailstones on his end, and this is totally unfair because it's, God is throwing down these large hailstones from the heavens, and it's not like they can pick them up and throw them back at God. God was fighting for Joshua and for Israel. God was already doing the miracle for his people before Joshua even made the request for a new one. Can you imagine? You're in a fight, and you get some help. And, and this big dude comes in and, and starts to help you and help, starts to help defend you. And there's just no way the enemy can survive if God is on your side. The idea that Joshua asked the sons to, to stand still so they could keep on fighting is now, you know, think about this. 
It's, it's kind of like the story of Michael Jordan in 1990. How many are basketball fans here? Michael Jordan, 1990. There was one occasion he scores 69 points. He missed four shots total in the game. He shot 23 of 27 from the field, 21 of 23 foul shots, 18 rebounds, six uh, assists, four steals. At the end of the game, Stacey King, one of his teammates, he's being interviewed at the end of the game. He said, I'll never forget this game where Michael Jordan and I scored 70 points. Can <laughs> you believe that? Michael Jordan scores 69 points. He gets one point from the foul line, but he's like, we did this together. And that's Joshua and God here in this text. It's Joshua watching God do all the work. Joshua and the Israelites, they're there, they're in it, but God is throwing his enemies into confusion. And God is the one who's winning this battle what if Joshua says, sun stands still, not so that they can have another more daylight to win this battle. What if he says, sun stand still, so they can continue watching God have the victory? Ultimately, when I see the word sun stand still, I see God keep the lights on so that we can see you continue to work and continue to, to bring victory to this situation. Perhaps the prayer we can pray today is God help us to see what you are already doing. God help us to see what you are already doing in our lives. Help us to see what you've already been doing. Are there some miracles? Are you moving behind the scenes? And, and are you doing things that we can't see right now? God help us to see what you're already doing before we even come to you with a courageous prayer. And I think that a courageous request to an almighty God, it moves the needle in our relationship with God. It stretches our faith. In fact, I believe we're all one courageous prayer away from a brand new chapter in our life. We're one courageous prayer away from a whole new mentality. We're one courageous prayer away from a whole different household. We're one courageous prayer away from a new financial reality. We're one courageous prayer away from a whole different situation with our health or with a loved one. During a time like this, we can feed our faith or we can feed our fears. Joshua can be afraid of this other army, but he's going to have, have to, but, but um, it, it, he is going to, uh, he's going, I, I have faith in God. He's the God who is fighting for me. Faith will always take you further than fear will ever take you. Sometimes we need to hold on to God's promises. God has spoken promises over your life, and sometimes you need to grab hold of those promises and declare those promises and pray courageous prayers. Impossible maybe looks different for every one of us. For some of us, impossible looks like cancer in remission. For some of us, impossible looks like getting our job back. For some of us, impossible looks like paying off our student loans. For some of us, impossible looks like forgiving the person that hurt us the most. But I want to encourage you this weekend, even during a time where it might feel like you're in your darkest hour, I want to encourage you to pray a courageous prayer. The question I have for us today is what impossible goals is God calling you towards? What is your tree what is that impossible thing for you and you've just kind of said, I've given up, but I've stopped praying for that because I've just got so much disappointment. 
because God hasn't answered that prayer yet. What is impossible for you? What goal, if God did it, it would just change your life? What impossible goal is God calling you towards? The homework that I have for each of us today is this. Pray one courageous prayer and write it down. And continue to go to God and continue to call out to him and continue to pray that courageous prayer. Be persistent, be steady, be faithful, even to the point of just being annoying and saying, God, I'm not gonna stop asking until you bless me. God, I'm not gonna stop asking until you answer this prayer over my child. God, I'm not gonna stop asking until you answer this situation that I'm going through. God, I'm not gonna stop asking until you answer this courageous prayer. As we close the service today, here's what I want us to do. I want, wonder if we could stand up and just as a response to God, I'm wondering if you have a courageous prayer that you've been praying or you have a courageous prayer that's on your heart and you haven't started to pray it yet. And I wanna invite you to come. The altar's open this morning. I wanna invite you to come if you, you know, just aren't able to kneel, just come and sit on the front bench. If you are able to kneel, just come and, and kneel at the altar before God. Or, or stand at this altar space. But I want to invite you to come, even as I'm talking, just go ahead and come. If you have a, a, a courageous prayer, if you have an audacious prayer, if you have an impossible prayer that you've been calling out to God for, would you come and, and just, just come right now, if that's you, and just kneel and, and just start to pray and start to bring your, your impossible prayer to God, your courageous prayer to God. Just go ahead, we'll just pause as the keyboard is playing and as the music is playing, just come. Let's bring our courageous prayers to God. Let's bring our audacious prayers to God. Let's bring our needs to God today. Just as you're up here, just begin to pray. Just begin to call out to God. Begin to give that impossible prayer to him, that audacious prayer to him. Just begin to think about God's promises to you. Just think about God, how he's already working behind the scenes, how he's already moving, how he's fighting your battle for you, how he's already in this situation. For those that are standing, just go ahead, even right from where you're at, just begin to pray. Just bring your impossible before God because we serve the God of the impossible. We serve the God who does miracles. We serve the God who can do exceedingly more than we can ask or imagine or think. We serve the God who can work goodness out of tragedy who can work goodness out of loss. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Lord God, this is a holy moment here as your church comes and just calls out to you. God, as we call out to you, would you hear our prayer? Just go ahead, church. Just lift up your voices before God. Just lift up your voices before God. Just begin to pray. thank you that you are the God of the impossible. You invite us into this journey where we start to pray and we start to seek you and we start to ask for a resolution. And for whatever reason, you want us to be persistent and, and consistent and steady and just keep on asking. God, I ask that you would help us to be faithful in that, just to keep on asking and keep on trusting and keep on being persistent. God, I thank you that in the midst of that, you're building connection with us. Thank you for the times that I've been on my living room floor, on my knees, just pouring my heart out to you. You built a connection with me in those times. And I thank you, God, that you love to hear these impossible God-sized prayers and that you're already moving and already looking for ways to answer them. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Have a great week. We'll see you again next Sunday.